know, uh, we're in a different era of time, and the Holy Spirit really wants to manifest himself, but what we tend to do is just do what comes normal, natural, and what we've done in the past, right? And, and it really is a day to seek the Lord and find out what he's saying to you individually. Obviously, God is up to us being responsible people. That If you have children, you have to raise them, and you have to take them to school and feed them and clothe them and hopefully bathe them every day. And, uh, you know, and do all that. And, um, and if you're homeschool, you've got a lot of work to do. And then, of course, we have jobs. We go to job or, or you may be in school. Well, it's right to go to school just because Jesus is coming back soon doesn't mean you just quit doing what you do. It just means you do what you're supposed to do until he tells you to do differently, right? So uh, I, I just feel like we're living in a day. However, having said that, although we have the normals of life, uh, that we all embrace and, and take care of and should and be responsible. At the same time, uh, God wants us to take uh, some extra time with him because that's going to be uh, the difference between um, uh, thriving and just surviving. So, so the question maybe would be, do you want to just survive or do you want to thrive? Right? So, so thriving means, means following what he's telling you to do today and, and starting every day with him. I, I keep hearing some of these things inside of me over and over again, and I keep a journal. And in my journal, I keep, you know, it's just kind of like over and over again. God's just saying, come away and spend some time with me. You know, spend time in the word, spend time praying, uh, spend time in his presence. And, uh, you know, that, that's where you get your strength to do what you do. And that's why Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, um, uh, even the youths grow weary and faint, but they that wait on the Lord renew their strength. So our strength is renewed every day. In fact, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, though the outward man perishes or is decaying, yet the inward man's renewed day by day. And how many know there's a spiritual renewal that we need every single day? And, and the way it is, is that we you literally uh, spend spiritual, you, you spend natural energy. You know, if you have a physical job, just watching these guys work on the building out here, um, and they, you know, expend a lot of energy putting up those uh, metal studs uh, that form the framework for our new building. And I'm sure when they go home, they're exhausted. Uh, I had a paint and wallpaper business 30-something years ago when I had a traveling ministry, and I wore myself out a lot, <laughs> a lot. And, um, and now, you know, now my job is different, but I still go home fairly exhausted because it's mental energy, it's, um, it's spiritual energy. And how many know, just like you expend spiritual, uh, physical energy and you just get tired and need to rest, uh, you expend spiritual energy the same way, right? And, and people don't realize that. Spiritual energy has to be renewed and that's why he said they that wait on the Lord renew their strength and then this scripture I just mentioned the inward man is renewed day by day it's important today to renew your inward person every single day and not take a break you understand that and it's more than just reading the Bible yes we read the Bible but it's um, but it's um, digesting its content so it's not how much you read, it's the what you get, the content you get out of what you do read that makes a difference when you're reading, right? And then praying, I mean, fellowshipping with the Lord. Uh, praying, something you gotta know, and I'm not even where I wanna get yet, but I'm just clearing some of the stuff out of the way so I can get there. Um, 
Praying is uh, some of the hardest things you'll ever do is learn how to pray because it's not natural because you're talking to a God you can't see and that you can't hear. You've only got what he said, but you got to believe that he's hearing what you say and that you're making a connection with him. And that's the reason the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight or walk by faith and not by feeling. So when you're developing a prayer life, it's really, it's a challenge. Can we be real? It's a challenge. You don't feel like praying. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're aggravated with somebody and you got to put that away and deal with that. Uh, sometimes, you know, life has overwhelmed you and, and you just feel exhausted mentally, emotionally, and there's somebody in the room you're exhausted emotionally. And you can't get away from it. And the way you deal with it is you have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, this really bothers me and tell him what it is. I don't know what it is. But if you say, Lord, it's weighing on me. And 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 here's the issue. You're dealing with something that you can't solve. You got to let it work out. Because you can't make and let another, you you can't cause another person to make the right right choices, the ones that you think they need to make, right? So it's out of your control. Now that weighs on the emotions. Particularly if there's somebody you love and they're not acting, doing, being, speaking, living like you want them to. How many know that's a weight? Yes or no? You know, you just got to deal with it. So how do you deal with that? You go to the Lord and you say, God, I need help. Okay? And, and, uh, and you know, it's amazing how he'll help you. But in the middle of that, you feel the weight You feel the pressure. And this is where prayer comes in. And see those weights and pressures of dealing with others. Some of us in the room, you're having a hard time with your employment because of this, that, the other. Others, you're dealing with um, family issues. See, it's in the atmosphere. I can feel it. You're dealing with uh, family issues. And and many people, you're just wrestling with yourself because you feel like you haven't done life exactly the way you think you should have. And here you are at this place in life and this is getting right to where I needed to go that's amazing what you need to know is is right now um, and where the world is going and, and where we are God will accept you right now right where you are cut your losses forbid, forget about coulda shoulda woulda and just live for now I kept here when I was laying hands on people. I, I kept feeling that. You, know, you can't go back and change, right? Don't raise your hand, but how many would just love to go back and change something? You can't do it. And see if you even have a thought pattern. Doggone it. You got to leave it alone. It creates angst and pressure and pain, emotional pain, Right? So uh, what I hear the Lord saying is he'll uh, clean the slate. Just like all your life is on a big chalkboard. Second decade, third decade, fourth decade, fifth decade, sixth decade, seventh decade, eighth decade. (laughs) And here's how he is. He said, "I'll I'll tell you what. Right now. I got my supernatural eraser. Every decade of life. 
all the way back to when you're born. What if you lived with no regrets? What if you live like right now is the best day of my life? What if? Jesus made a way for us to do that. Yes or no? I kind of know where I'm going and kind of don't. This is kind of scary, Lord. I need your help. What you got to know in God, he lives in the eternal now and to him time ceases. You know, part of it, I don't know all this very much, but you know, the theory of relativity, E equals MC2. His idea, Einstein's idea was if you could travel at the speed of light, time would cease. And you live in the eternal now. So you could actually, so the concept of time travel, that kind of thing came from that. And there are all kind of little movies about that, you know, through the years. <laughs> we have a way of really juicing it up, don't we? But, um, but God is eternal. Now think about it. To him, there is no past, no present, no future. There's just now. Isn't, that great? Isn't it weird to think about? You ever, you ever try to think that way? So see, you got to relate that to you. To God, there is no past, present, future. That's the reason Jesus, Revelation 13, 8, was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. So, so even before you were a zygote in your mother's womb, even before there was a human, God had you in mind and me. And that's just more than I can think about, right? And see, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And um, the incredible thing about God is past, present, and future are now. So see, God sees you right now. So when he says he's forgiven your past and cleansed your sins, that's now. So when you go back and say, Lord, what about, he says, what? What are you talking about? Right? Because he forgives everything you've ever done. When you make Jesus, Lord, it is as though you have no past. A lot of us don't live in that. We have regrets in our minds. See, difference between us and God, he has the capacity to forget. Do you forget the way God forgets? Here's what we've got to be willing to do. First of all, with ourselves. You can't do it for other, with others unless you do it for yourself. Hebrews uh, 10, 17, their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Colon or semicolon. Old things are passed away, comma. Behold, all things are become. That means everything that happened in your past from the time you were born and to the time you accepted Jesus as Savior. There's a qualifier on this I've got to get to in a minute. But anyway, any, everything you did, everything you thought, everything you said, until the time you really committed your life to Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, all of your past is dismissed. Isn't that awesome? So righteousness 
2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to become a sin sacrifice for us. One translation says, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We don't even ever use the term righteousness. This is in the Bible. And righteousness is the ability to stand before a holy God just as though sin, weakness, and inferiority never existed. That's amazing. That really is amazing grace. Is that true? So when God says you're righteous, God says you're standing before me just as though you have no past. Everybody goes a step further. So, so uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness. And then it uses sanctification. The word sanctification is also the word translated holiness in the New Testament and redemption. So that he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. So righteousness is not just God forgiving and cleansing your past. It has two connotations to it. When God says you're righteous, the same word translated in the New Testament righteous is also the word translated justified. See, justification is a legal word. That's, that's the... That's a word used in a court of law for a person who has been charged with offenses. But a court of their peers, a jury of their peers comes up and says, you know what? We find you not guilty. You know what that not guilty means? The clerk of court has been writing every time somebody had something to say against that defendant. And they're writing all those words down. And they're writing, 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 writing. And the judge looks at the jury and says, how do you find the defendant? And the foreman of the jury says, we, define, we find the defendant not guilty, your honor. And the judge just looks at the guy and says, you may go. Now, the word expunged, that means the clerk of court has to take all those records and destroy them. There can't, I don't think there can even be a record of them anywhere. I don't think there can be a digital record. It's got to be expunged. That means it disappears. It's obliterated just as though it was never written. Now, when you're righteous, that happens. How many get it? Second thing that happens is, see, this is where righteousness is so cool. Not only does God forgive your past, but you're in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2 says, Amplified says, have the roots of your being planted deeply in him. So being righteous means not only are your sins expunged, but it goes a step further. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus and his perfect life. And he judges you in Christ. Not only so righteous means your sins are forgiven just like they'd never been, but goes for, and, and wiped away, but it goes further, and God sees you with the same standing in heaven that Jesus has. Hoo, 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 hoo. You know what that means? 
You can stand up, smile. I'm yours. Is that good? Do you live that way? Come on. So that's the way God sees you. Say, so, well, pastor, but you got to understand, ever since I've been a believer, I've done things I shouldn't have done. Well, welcome to the human race. Because I have too. You know, you can ride this like a wagon to heaven. 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if we, if we know we've done wrong we do, and we say we haven't, then we're wrong. Then he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse, right? Forgiveness and cleansing. Forgive, he, he, he forgives the sins you know you did. And then cleansing, even the things you didn't realize were wrong when you did them, he cleanses them. Just as though you never did it. Is that good news? So I just hear the Lord saying, now's the time to get things right with him. And... Regardless of how you've been living, what you let in your life, what you've been doing, you shouldn't do. This is clean slate day. So before Christ, all of our sins are wiped away, expunged. But then individually, when we know we do wrong, when we go to God and say, Lord, my, I let the flesh, my flesh take advantage of me. And I did that, said that, whatever it is. Say, Lord, I'm wrong. And I know I'm wrong. See, that is confession. Homo logeo is the word for confession. To say the same thing as. Homo means same in the Greek. Logos is the, is, the, is the word for words. So same words. You say the same words that God says about you. So that's, that's confession. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty two. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Oh, that's good. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So if I don't practice self-judgment, then I get chastening. And some people have the chastening of the Lord in their life. That is, they're going a certain way in life and they want to do that and they know they shouldn't do that. And because they won't back up and stop doing that, chastening comes. Chastening's like when mama spanks you. Well, oh, people don't spank today. I forgot. Let's see. I'm joking. You get what I'm saying? No, chastening is when God gets all over you. Chastening starts with words. I don't know why I'm, this is really odd. Uh, this is an odd time for me, y'all. Um, chastening starts with words. It starts with God speaking his word to you, where you're acting in a way you know you shouldn't whether it's words, actions, motivations, thoughts. And he's saying, stop, and, and, and his word comes to you. He chastens us first with his word. How many get it? Yeah, he chastens us with his word. But see, if we don't listen to the chastening of the Lord through his word, then you go to phase two of chastening. And that means God just kind of says, okay, all of the protection and care that I have for you, you've made a decision to stop that. So, uh, Angels, back up. Heaven, back up. Just stop. Leave it. Leave that person alone and let chastening begin. Now, that chastening, that's where circumstances go awry. And at every turn, you're hindered and stopped. How many get that? And you know you shouldn't be doing something, you keep doing it, and at every turn, you feel resistance. The end of chastening of the Lord 
The end of chastening when a person doesn't listen and they have known the Lord. It could get really tough. Like the guy in 1 Corinthians 5 who was having sex with his stepmother and wouldn't repent, bragging about it at church. Paul turned him over to the devil for the destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. How many get that one? It's not a really common theme on Sunday mornings, but it's true. So see, the end result of chastening is that we come back to the Lord. Some people so are in so such rebellion and defiance of God's will and plan that um, they've decided to do life their way, and it's a bitter cup to drink. And sometimes they have to forfeit a long life because of that. How many understand what I'm saying? Now, hopefully nobody in the room here is like that. But you see, we're, dealing, we're in an era of time that God is saying, I'm willing to wipe the slate clean. All you got to do is rep- live in repentance every day. Let's keep it right. Let's keep it clean. Let's be tight together. But if you choose not to do that and go your own way and do your own thing, then chastening. First of all, with words. And when you repent, when the words come, all, all is cool. But if you continue to go down that path and, and you say you've known Jesus as Savior, then phase two of t- chastening enters in. Then resistance starts. And the end of that would be sort of like that guy in 1 Corinthians 5 who Paul turned over to the devil for the destruction of his flesh. That is, he got sick. That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. He repented, but only after he couldn't move a muscle. All he could do was suck some air. I repent. See, that's a stubborn will, isn't it? So I didn't mean to say all that, but I did. But what I really want to hone in is many of us feel we want God, we want to love God, but we just feel like I've been, I've been this way for so long that how can he love me? And you've just got to know he loves you deeply. How many hear what I just said? Don't let your past behaviors keep you from the glorious presence of God because you're righteous. Everybody say, according to God's word, if I'm in Christ, I am righteous. It is just as though I had never done wrong. It's just as though I'm a newborn baby with no past. Is that good? See, that's innocent living. Is that good? Don't raise your hand, but how many are walking in innocent living? I never said it that way, but that's true in innocence. You know, we got some grandbabies that are pretty young, and yet the really young ones, they're just innocent. They don't know anything about anything. They just trust everybody, trust everything. They'll put a, they'll put a green bean in their mouth, but that also put a moth that just landed on the floor in their mouth. They're just innocent, Right? They just believe everybody, love everybody, think everybody just hung the moon in the sky. And that's the way we're supposed to be. Is that true? But I need to come back to this. There's sins and lawless deeds, Hebrews 10, 17. I will remember no more. God doesn't remember your past. What am I? If God doesn't remember my past, what am I doing thinking about it? Right? See, these things hinder us from receiving from the Lord. Isaiah 43, 25. This is so weird. <laughs> Isaiah, these scriptures just come. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. Watch this, for mine own sake. 
and will not remember your sins. Did you see what he just, he didn't say he did it for you, he did it for him. Is that good? What's that mean? That means, I mean, God, God cleanses your life. Not to make you feel good, but because he wants to be close to you. Is that good? That's real good. In South Carolina, we say that's stinking good. Right? Maybe you say that in North Carolina. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions. Would you just close your eyes a minute? Lord, every person in this room in some way has to deal with past thoughts, past feelings, past behaviors. Let the Holy Spirit work in here in such a way that the past is absolved in your presence and it is as though it never existed in Jesus' name. Now, these scriptures, uh, I encourage you to write them down and memorize them. That book that I wrote, I think they're in the back as well on forgiveness. But Psalm 103, 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's an incalculable distance. If you start going east, you'll go east infinitum. Can't stop. That's what he's saying. I've removed your wrongs an incalculable distance from you. Micah 7, 19. Let's cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Isn't that awesome? The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. You know, these scriptures, I say them because when I first came to the Lord, you know, if you have a mind like mine, which is obsessive and compulsive, and once I get on one, I get on one rabbit trail, I just ride that rabbit trail. And, and I could be thinking about something you're talking, and I don't even know you're talking. And I've said that so many times here, but it's true. So when you have that kind of mind, you tend to get on yourself really badly. Don't raise your hand, but I imagine there's a number of people in here you get on yourself when you do something wrong. And then you're the last person to forgive you. Now, when I was laying hands on people, I felt that a lot. I felt like, you know, you have made such a mistake. How could God ever, ever again be just as pleased as he was at first with you? And you just got to know something about the Lord. How many remember David's life? Did David do it all right? Did David lust? What? Did he commit adultery? Did he commit premeditated murder? Did God in Acts chapter 7 call David a man after mine own heart? How can that be? Because God forgives and forgets and expunges. And besides that, David, it's the throne of David that Jesus will sit on in eternity. If you're religious, you got to get over that. Now I know why I'm talking about all this. We're going into a place of time 
It's going to be difficult. I, I, I got to be real. You don't have to be afraid of that. It's just going to be different. But people that don't know the Lord don't have any answers. And they're going to come to me. And you may come to church. They'll come to our meetings. We may have church meetings sometimes. We may have home meetings, small groups, whatever. But when they come, you got to lo love them dirt and all. You hear me? That means somebody that's present tense doing it wrong. But man, they're looking for God. You know, you remember that woman in John 8? Remember her? And the, fair, the, the religious people, Pharisees caught her. She was in a tent with a man. They were having sex. While they're in the act, they pull her out and throw her down on the street and said to Jesus, Jesus, the law says she's supposed to, and the law did say, if you commit adultery, you're supposed to die. It's a death, it's a death penalty act. It's a mortal sin. She commits adultery. What do you say? And Jesus, you know, Paul's wrote on the ground. Nobody really knows what he wrote. And then he said, stood up. Hmm. Anybody here that's never sinned, throw the first rock at her right now. And nobody could. And the scripture says they were convicted by their own conscience. And one by one walked away. And here's Jesus and the woman just in adultery. And he said, woman, where are the people that were accusing you? And she said, no man accuses me, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn you. And then he said, go and sin no more. Isn't that great? I don't know about you, but that just grabs me. Grabs me. The times in my life that I've sinned, I've had so many times the Lord said, Mitch. Because you know when you do wrong, you know you kind of, kind of like, you want to pray, but it's like, I don't feel like praying right now. And I can almost hear God say, what you doing? I say, well, I'm right here. Now, if you want to talk, sometimes I feel like, well, kind of, but I know you're upset. Well, what am I upset about? I'm right there, child. And I'd already confessed my sin. And I don't know how many times in my life the Lord said to me, Mitch, Mitch, what are you talking about? Well, you know, Lord, I'd said so-and-so, did so-and-so, and I'm wrong. I'm so sorry, and I feel so bad. And I've heard him say, Mitch, I looked at your heart. And when you asked me, I forgave you and cleansed you. I don't even remember what you did. Y'all get that? So we've got to stop living. In, I, I want to encourage you today, stop living in your past. Live in the right now with Jesus. Does that make sense? I don't want you, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, identify anybody as anything. But I feel there's a lot of people, you just need to let the past go. You can't change it. You can't alter it. And then see, if you do that with yourself, then with other people when you see them and they've said things and they've done things and they've acted in ways that hurt you, we got to be like Jesus about God. we got to be like God towards us. What, what does he do? He forgives us and acts like we never did it. Huh? And that means when people aren't acting, relating, yada, yada, like we think they should, they've crossed the line, they've blurred the line, they've stomped on the line, whatever. You got to be willing to look at them and just love them where they're at. Not love them because of their past. Love them now. Right? So, so everybody close your eyes. I mean, this is different. I'm telling you, I know it is. So everybody close your eyes a minute. If there's anybody in your life that's hurt you, or there's somebody that you think they ought to be living in a different way than they are, and you can't change them even though you've tried, place them in God's hands. Ask him to deal with them. And if you've been angry and had some angst at someone, 
Often it's that way with people you know well, like family members. Could be a spouse, could be a child. Could be a grandchild, could be a friend, could be a coworker. So dear Father God, right now we're in your presence and, you know, this is a different service. We just need to do some business with heaven. If there's anything, sir, that we need to let go from anybody right now, help us just to let it go. Forgive if you have anything against anybody, Jesus. And let it go. Let it drop. Mark eleven twenty five. Say, Lord, right now I forgive them. I let it go. I let it drop. There's three people in the room. You just need to let it go. Let it drop. See? And that means when you see them again, you say, Lord, I'm going to treat them by faith and by grace just as though they never said that or did that. Right? Everybody good? We're about to go. Everybody good? Yeah? Thank you for doing that, Father. Thank you for helping us forgive and cleanse. Now, everybody, look at me. Now, beginning today, what if? Let's play the what if game. What if, beginning today, you acted towards the Lord and towards yourself as though you had no past? Huh? I'm not that mean old cantankerous. I'm not that person who did X, Y, Z. I'm I'm just me. And what if you related to God on the basis of just being a person forgiven, cleansed, and loved? Is that good? See, the difference is you got to get your mind renewed with it. See, and all the scriptures I just I quoted them so freely and easily because you just don't know the the, the fight I've had to have with me letting my past go because I'm of personality. If I don't do it perfect, I'm mad at myself for a long time. And if you do that to you, you'll do it to others, right? So I've had, I, I really, I've had to work on it. And then I had to accept the fact that God really loved me. See, John, see what I'm talking here is John 16, 27, where Jesus said, for the Father himself loves you. In fact, the Greek word actually reads, it's the word not agape, it's phileo, a Greek word. And it means the Father himself tenderly loves you, not because he has to, but because he wants to. You get it? I, I, I couldn't grasp that. I just kept thinking on that over and over and over. God himself loves me, not because he has to, but because he wants to. He literally wants to be my friend. Is that good? John 17, 23. And you have loved them, Jesus was praying, as you have loved me. So I began to say, Lord, you love me just as much as you love your own son. That's not being arrogant or brash. That's being honest and accepting the love that God has for you. See, a lot of us, we we resist God because we feel like he hasn't, you know, we got things that are amiss. But see, when you just, got to just come clean with yourself. Repentance means God There's nothing else I can say and do. I did that, and I don't want to be that anymore. I want that away from me forever. And see, see, even if you go and do it again, you say, God, no, no, I don't want that in my life. It's a habit, but I don't want that. You get it? And see, if you live that way, you you just come freely into the presence of God and and coming into our future and what's going to be happening on earth. It's going to be necessary for us. Two reasons. In our own personal lives, when things go awry in our culture and things happen, and it feels strange and odd. 
See, you can go to God and say, Lord, I need some help. I need some wisdom. Show me what to do. And see, you know you have his love. You have his care. You have his favor. You know he's watching over you. He, you know he's going to promise to take care of you because he's your father, right? He's your shepherd. Then secondly, when people say and do things, you're able to look at them with the eyes he has and says, you know what? I'm going to love you. Even though you've defamed me, even though you've broken my heart, even though you've said what you shouldn't have, even though you've not let me be who I am, I'm going to love you. And you never even say anything about it. You just love them, carte blanche. That's it. How many know that's important? Well, that was all free. I didn't mean to say a word of that. Isn't that strange? I don't have any notes. There's nothing written. This is not what I preach for a service, but it's for here right now. How many need to what I said? Would you raise your hand? I just need to know. Okay. How about the rest of you? You just kind of endured it? I'm, I'm joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Glory to God. Just close your eyes. Y'all turn the lights down. We'll go go home. It's time. Y'all okay? Everybody okay? No music. Hallelujah. Father God, we just worship you, son. Now just tell the Lord how much you love him right now. Before we go, we're leaving pretty quickly here. These hymns come up to me when I when I tune in to him, the Lord, as I was raised on hymns as a kid. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine for thee all the follies of sin I resign my gracious redeemer my savior art thou if ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. I love thee because thou hast first loved me and purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. In mansions of glory and endless delight, I'll ever adore thee in heaven so bright. And when the death dew lies cold on my brow, 
If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Lord, let us come into a place where we can just commune with you. It's not saying prayers. It's being with you. It's not reading the word. It's hearing from you. Lord, let there be a love between us and you. Lord, develop that in each person. Some are very very delicate. They're not very developed in this. It's still a religious thing. They go through the motions. And see, to that person, there's one person here. I know at least there's maybe more. You have a hard time just reading the word because you're such a hard person. Life has been tough. And you've taken life by the horns and you make every day happen. See, there's a part of walking with God. You've got to relinquish that thought of control. And you've got to be willing to say, God, I want you in my life, come what may. And that means that part of that crassness and hardness that you, that you show to others has got to come crashing down. And it hasn't happened yet. But you know, God's going to send you through a process and series of events. And he's going to ask you again and again, are you ready? Are you ready to drop at my feet? Are you ready to lay down your pride? Are you ready to lay down your reputation? I'm talking to a man here. I don't know who you are. I don't need to know. But see, that's gotten in the way of you and God. You've only gone so far in God because you've got to be a man, got to be tough, got to be gruff, got to have it together. No, you don't have to have it together. You have to have him. And if you have him, you can humble yourself. You don't have to have the last word. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Just have to be a person that God loves. God can cut every, he can cut business deals you'll never be able to do on your own. So Father, work in this room today and minister life to us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I do not know how to close this service, but please turn the lights up and cut the lights on and stand up. Y'all okay? Did y'all get something out of this? Jesus help us. Wow. Just wow. Lift your hands before we go. I want my praying folk if you'll come up front. Really, I don't know what to do. You got a song, brother? (laughs) It's different, right? Second Sunday, something like this happened. Go listen to first service. I had all kinds of plans. I really did. I'm going to say what I did again, and God's answering the prayer. Listen to this. I prayed, and we prayed yesterday, but I prayed last week because we've had a tough atmosphere in second service. But it's not here now. Have you noticed? I'll tell you what it is later. But it was something, there was something trying to come in and hinder, and we command that thing to go in Jesus' name, and it's gone. And I said, and I said it today to the Lord early this morning, Lord, you know, I got all these notes and all this stuff I want to do. But honest, if, if both services are different, I'm cool with that. Have your way. Now, when I said that, my mind says, well, you ain't really cool with that. You want to do it your way. And I said, that's true, but I'm willing. I did. I said, I'm willing. So you see what I'm saying? See, I got to practice what I preach too. So how many can go from here and live in the moment with God? Not the past, the present. Everything's present with God. Slates are clean. You got it? Now I know how to end the service. Everybody close your eyes, raise one hand towards heaven, say, Heavenly Father, beginning today, I live in the now 
I'm not living in the past. I'm not living in the future. I'm living in the eternal now. And now you are. And now you love me. And now you care about me. And now I'm making a choice to forgive myself, not look at my past, to live right now, not in the past, not in the shadow of the past, but I live right now. And I, free, I love people right now. I don't love them based on anything in the past that they have done or haven't done. Beginning right now, I love them because they're human. And because you love them, I love them. Help me to work this out. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we go through our week this week, minister life to us. We commit our time to you.